wanna see me. See me bread, you know that never be me. You can have a look like VAR. You can listen to the Jedi or you see AR. The content must go far. You can live on the team cause you raise the bar. The shasha is hard. Twitter and YouTube don't get barred. Trophies are coming so we fix the scars. Go there when the season, the season's at large. I can't be without you. this week a lot has changed since the last time I podcasted what's happening Nero you good yeah bro all good um here man I'm here ready to walk through this okay so the last time we podded together um we had a queen now we have a king okay we we had an unbeaten record now we don't and was that a new theme song I heard at the beginning of this? Yep. <laughs> yeah, we had to change it up. You know, there was a couple of names in there that weren't uh, there no more. So I thought it was only right that we just switch it up a bit. Okay, so a bit of change, a bit of change. And we have a new national anthem. So obviously we didn't pod. There was a media blackout with Lizzie passing. And we show our respect to the leader, the Queen of Great Britain. Um, so respect to her, served a long time, and yeah, we honour her. However, she stopped football, but didn't stop the cricket and didn't stop the rugby and didn't stop the horse racing. <laughs> and I know you weren't too happy about that, Nero. Do you, do you still stand by that? Do you know what? It is what it is. It's happened now, you know, you can't change it. Uh, a bit perplexed, I mean, probably because uh, William's got something to do with the FA, chairman or whatever. So I guess that they made, took the choice to kind of honour the Queen in that way. And, you know, so be it. It's done now. And we move and we move. So we played our first Champions League game last week. So we didn't get to discuss that. Um, and Richarlison scored... Two really good headers. He yeah. played a really good game to continue his good run of form up to that point, and it was well deserved um, performance and plaudits for him. And it meant a lot to him. He went into the crowd, hugged his dad, and you're dubious that that's his mum. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I seen some pictures the other day. I don't think it is. I guess it's a family member. And yeah, it was it meant a lot, and that was the start of our Champions League campaign, and it had every um, element of being a banana skin with the ex goons in there, um, them setting up well, Granduzzi looking like he was running the show, but um, Son got the red card um, for them with a fantastic burst, and after that point it looked like there was only one result and it was that result so we started the Champions League really well in the end and then we faced Sporting uh, recently and of course it was going to be the Marcus Edwards game because he now 
solidifies his trade in Sporting after a couple of moves from Spurs. And I think what Conte made one change, was it? Ben Davies in for Longley? Yeah. And then everything else was the same. What did what were your initial thoughts on that? Um I was a bit surprised. I thought I, I know Conte likes to play a consistent side with minimal changes. Um but then I thought maybe because we've uh, had a bit of an extended break, he felt that he could play that side. Would have liked to see a few different faces, to be fair. I wanted him, you know, want him to use the squad. But obviously, Conte's Conte. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit more, I'm sure. But do you think, what do you think the tactics were against a side that pretty much is a counter-attacking side? Um... I mean, I, I, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I think these uh, the tactics is the same for every game. You know, try and be steady at the back, hit on the counter-attack, uh, defend as a unit and um, exploit the space that we create behind when we can. That's it. So nothing really new there. And um, I think Sporting did something that they'd done previously, which... It may have been new to us, but um, it's certainly a tactic they've employed. They don't really have a number nine. And they've played Marcus Edwards almost in a free row, if you like, as a false nine, which of course means he's going to drop off. He's not going to play up alongside against Dyer because he'll get dominated. Um, but if you drop off Dyer and drop into places where Dyer doesn't want to go, where not many centre-halves are going to want to go, then you're going to get some joy, some freedom, some success. And I think he did well to exploit that. And um, he looked like a player we probably shouldn't have let go. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much, to be honest with you. I mean, he's done some good things on the ball. Um, he's still learning his trade. And I think give him a few more months, I think he'll start penetrating where it really hurts and consistently. So, you know... Yeah, I guess that we shouldn't have let him go. But I understand, you know, you can't spot everyone. Every now and again, a gem's got to get away from you, whereas we wouldn't have Harry Kane, etc. But um, but he was a know. known quantity. Because remember, Poch compared him to... Well, I say he compared him to Messi. He, he likened him to Messi to a degree in a sentence... And that is what stood out, obviously. The, the soundbite that came out of that interview was Edwards is messy. But the, the problem with him is everyone said he had an attitude. And I think there was more a case of the two sides couldn't meet in the middle. His camp knew he was special. He knew he was special. And Tottenham didn't want to give him guarantees or pay him the money. And... For me, I said at the time, I think it's a mistake. I said at the time, I don't think it's an attitude problem. I think it's... Had he been a white young player, would they have used the word attitude? Um, no, I don't think so. <clears throat> it's very easy to label young black players as having attitude. And I feel like, I don't know what it was, I wasn't there. But it's clear to see there's a player there and a player that we probably could do with right now in our side. But 
we move, we move. Edwards played really well. We didn't play that well. And for me, I agree with you. There weren't any new tactics. I think I read on Twitter, and I, I need to find this person's um, Twitter handle to give him the credit that's due. We class, or a lot of people say Spurs are a counter-attacking side. And I think I've touched on it um, as well. But more than being a counter-attacking side, I think our tactic is to get the ball to Kane very early. And once it gets into Kane, we try to release Son early. And it's almost to catch the opposition out before they're set rather than having to penetrate them with incisive passing, tiki-taka football, build-up play, etc., etc. So we go front to back really quickly if we can. Yeah. And that's then we were able to exploit the space. And the other thing you pointed out, which I think is very true, we are a, we play in automation, which is we're drilled in passing patterns in certain areas of the pitch for certain moments. And you can see that because we don't have somebody who does anything different a bit off the cuff. Um, and I think that's evident as well because you said you want to see different faces. But the reason I feel like we're not seeing different faces is because Conte, and he's pretty much said this, and I'm going to use Basuma as an example, because we know the midfield's a problem. And we bought somebody who was one of the best DMs in the league last year. And he's only played one game. One started one game. And Conte came out and said at the end of that, he isn't quite up to speed, up to the speed, or can't remember the wording, but doesn't kind of know the way we play as well as Hoybier and Bentecourt. And by that, I think he means automation. Yeah. And yeah, he didn't have the best game. He got yellow card early, as you pointed out in the pod previously, and it kind of hindered him. But for somebody who we made a beeline for, got him for what was a snip, and everyone thought he's a 50, 60 million pound central midfielder, one of the best in the Premier League over the last two years, and certainly last season, for him to only play or make one start, and Hoybier and Benteke to be pretty much... I want to say running to the ground, but they're doing a lot of work. Yeah. And we've got Skip back. He's not seen any minutes. We've got Pepe Sar there, not seen any minutes. I think we're getting a bit stale and a bit leggy. I know we had the week's break, but I don't know. why. What? Who else do you think could come in there to freshen it up? I mean, see, I keep banging on the drum of a different formation and... Um, I kind of don't understand why people are like, well, no, we don't have to change the formation. You know, every team needs to change the formation at some time, at some point in time. And I, I just feel that more than just thinking about personnel, I'm thinking about changing the formation. So you know, a um, permanent change or a flexi? No, I, I say a flexible change. As you, as you said, it's, a, it's getting a bit stale. I mean, most importantly, we uh, strengthened in the summer... Um, but it's strengthening the right areas. Um, you know, you're looking at Conte's system and the, the main uh, kind of way we play is deployed through the wing-backs. The wing-backs are not good enough. You know, we've got one wing-back, Perisic. So 
how can we keep persisting to play with this wing-back system if you're not going to try and bring in some different faces? Try Doherty. Try um, Jed Spence. We're not even trying these guys. But yet, we uh, rely heavily on the wing-back system. It's annoying. It's annoying. I'm not going to give you a person to put in as in personnel. You've said Basuma. We could use Basuma. I think, you know, everyone's saying play Sonnen. Well, let's give him some minutes to play him in. Like, why not? You know, uh, he might actually bring something different to the table. And uh, Conte might think, oh, do you know what? Yeah, that isn't our pattern of play, but he breaks through. He does this. So it may add something to us. I think he looks a bit frustrated. Yes, he, he does look a bit lost. He's coming from a system that he knew really well. He was a key player. Um, I just think now we need to give him some minutes. Definitely give him some minutes, you know, and let him play his way in. So, yeah, I, I feel like we know Conte's very stubborn. We touched on this. We saw this last season whereby he only used a limited number of players. And he said that was due to the injuries and the squad, the quality. Then, like you said, we strengthened. Maybe not completely, but we strengthened. Conte came out and said, oh, we're still behind, which is fair. But we're certainly stronger and deeper. And then Conte had a pre-season. I know you touched on this before, but if the pre-season wasn't too integrate the likes of Basuma, who was there nice and early, right? Pirisic, okay, he's playing. It doesn't look quite like the Pirisic of Inter Milan, but that may take some time. Um, Jed Spence came late, fair enough. But these guys have been here a little bit of time now. And we'll see Richarlison starting now. But it, it seems odd that you're, you're reliant on, like you say, wing-backs, laterals, side players. You've got three in one position. And the one we start isn't the best exponent of attacking. No. Maybe the best defender of the three at the moment from what we've seen, but certainly not the best outlet going forward. And maybe he's trying to balance it because he's got someone in Pirisic who is more attack-minded than defensive-minded. However, Royale was on the end of three opportunities last night. And would Doherty have taken any of those? Would Jed Spence have taken any of those? I don't know. But what I do know is I think one of those two need to get an opportunity to start. Maybe the Leicester game. Like you say, play play one of them in. Basuma, maybe play him in. Longley came in, then got dropped, arrested, rotated, and when Davies came in. I, I don't think that was the problem per se. I do think the side players, uh, wing-backs are problematic. And I do think the Kane-Son combination, not that the combination's wrong, we know that's a golden combination, but I think the reliance on trying to get the ball into Kane as quickly as possible and then him finding Son when one of them's really off form and the other didn't have a good game and that's your game plan, then it's going to fail straight away. You've got to recognise that maybe it needs to change. So some in-game management or some plan Bs, for me, would be good. 
we don't seem to really have that. We did have it in a Marseille game when we were desperately looking to get a win. And he did make a change, which surprised me, which was to take off. I can't remember. He took Romero. I think he took off. And Longley and brought on Tanganga and Davies and kind of went to a four. A four of sorts and put Klazeski as a right wing back. Um, that surprised me. But yesterday he didn't do anything. He only made one change, which was the obvious change of bringing in Klazeski. And for me, that's sacrilegious. Like we spent so much money, improved the squad. Why not? use some of those players. You can't just make one change. Yeah, he's clearly not trusting them. I mean, I'm kind of bemused with the whole Conte thinking, squad thinking, uh, squad level, squad mentality. Yeah, I'm perplexed with the whole thing. If I'm honest with you, I'm really perplexed with the whole thing. I'm perplexed with the wing-backs, um... I've struggled to see where we are at the moment, you know, and um, this is not me being, you know, this, I've always say this, it's like, you know, we, we, play, we don't play well, we get the result, you know, you can't speak on it. You know, it has to just be, well, it's positive, we've got a win. Okay. We don't get the win. We play badly, um, you know, majority badly. We played some good bits in spells. Um, you speak on it and it's, oh, it's only one game. Uh, it's not only one game. This has been happening for a while, you know. Since the beginning of the season, we've looked flat. Um, as I said in the last pod, I don't really understand what was achieved in pre-season. I get a few people were injured. And, yeah, I'm just really perplexed with the whole thing. And, you know, for me, I think what I've understood from this whole situation is that I get it. You've got to allow people to support their club how they want to support their club. Now... The way I support my club is this. I feel that I'm a winner in life. I try to win. I want to win. And I feel that my club should want to win. And they should do that in a good fashion. Yeah, sometimes we can win on a, you know, a scrappy one. But we should have a good standard of football, a good level. And that's what I kind of live my life on. So when I speak about Spurs, I speak from a point of view of, you know, they're my club. And this is what I expect of them. And this is what I can see. And I get a lot of people don't get that. But that's how I feel about it. And right about now, I, I don't know about top four. Yes, I know, we, you know, we can um, improve. We must improve. But I need to see some more tactical nows now. You know, I need to see, you know, Conte push these players on another level. I need to see us actually retain the ball in the midfield. You know, I, I need to see some things that you would see in a normal fo football game from grassroots to the Premiership. Yeah, so I, I've, I hear you, I see you, and I agree with you. I think, I think you're bang on. I think bar the Southampton game and elements of the Fulham game, or most of the Fulham game, the other games, we've really played average to poorly and got away with it. I think if Pep is one end of the scale, maybe Jose's the other end, but Conte isn't too far behind. And Conte is very clever. I think 
Whereas Guardiola's like, we'll put together 600 passes and dominate you. Conte's like, well, we'll put together five and dominate you. We'll manage the game and we'll play in the spaces and we'll do it really quickly and catch you out. And that's what we'll do. And my fullbacks will overwhelm you and my centre-halves will cause chaos. But right now, not much of that's happening. Nope. <coughs> Romero looks off, badly off. Um, I didn't watch all of the game yesterday, as I said to you guys, but he was obviously at fault for the Mitrovic goal against Fulham. Yeah. The Edwards chance where Loris somehow saves it. He comes across and pretty much gets blown by by Edwards. Yeah. Second goal he's at fault for along with Royale. And he's not bursting forward. Still tidy on the ball. Not as reckless in the challenge at the moment, but he's not giving us that extra edge. No, I know you basically his said... Out. Say again? His timing's timing way out. Yeah. And, and he could be injured. He did look like he got injured or re-injured himself yesterday, but played on. Um, I know you basically said dire shit in the group. Pardon my French. But I, I know why you're saying that. And I, I listen, having played in defence on occasion, obviously you've played there. We know what we're expecting from our centre-half, especially the leader of the centre-backs. And he isn't that. He doesn't offer that. If, the, if he's not sitting deep and dealing with aerial threats, then he can struggle. And he struggled last night, especially when he had to go up and play against Edwards. He was late. I don't even know why he done it. You know, I mean, is football not a chess match? Is, is football not about finding solutions? About, about reading the game and understanding what you need to do to nullify that threat? Now, for me, you know, keeping this back free in a, a stringent line that are not more than, I don't know, 30 yards or whatever it is, he says, away from each other. You know, I get it. But surely, if you've got no one to mark, someone can drop in there, you know? And it's not... It's like you have to be instructed. And even if he's not instructed, when he does make the decision, it's way too late and he's coming in off the back when he's already controlled the ball and he's, he's bringing the ball out of his feet. So there's no point rushing him there because you're just going to get turned, you know? You're meant to be on him on the control. And I mean, the reason why I said what I said is that uh, I think in the first half, I can't remember who it was from them that beat a man on the edge of the area, going sideways, and you know what he's going to do. He just wants to open up his body and shoot with his left foot. And Lloris pulled off a brilliant save from it, right? But, but Dyer has stopped within our area and put his hands behind his back to block the ball and as the ball's come to him he's turned his back now for me you get out to the ball and stop the shot or make a proper block you don't stand 10 yards off of him not even in the line of, of fire and then still you want to turn your back with your hands behind your back that's not quality defending man like, by no stretch of the imagination and I don't know how many times I have to point out these things go back and watch it it's not quality like, and we are masking him, definitely. You know, the system we play is for his benefit. 
we are masking him. He's not good enough. He's not good enough. And I'm not blaming this whole thing on him. I'm just going to say, you know, I know I speak on him often. I'm, I'm not going to speak on him no more. I'm just going to say, from here on out, he's not good enough. No one changes my mind. No matter how, how good a game he has, he is not at the Champions League level. Davis is not at the Champions League level. We are not playing at a Champions League level. Tempo is not a Champions League tempo. It's just not good enough. Well, to add to your point on Dyer, if you go back and watch the Mitrovic goal, um, Romero makes the first mistake and makes the mistake yeah. because he should have won the ball. Mitrovic comes out of the ball from the inside left position and bends one in top bin. <coughs> Excuse me. But if you go back and watch Dyer in that goal, he does exactly what you just described that he did last night. Arms behind his back, twisting on one knee, nowhere near the ball, almost unsighting Lloris and doing nothing. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. I don't know how he saved that. Dyer was literally in his line of sight. He just guessed and gathered that he, the, the player was going to shoot that way and he timed his, his jump or his dive. Like, brilliant save. But, pff, man, like... To talk on those guys, really and truly, and to have people argue with you and then talk to you about Dyer and Winks and... Listen to me. I don't know what your level is, and I don't know how you win in life, but if these guys are good players and, you know, you're going to back them, then, you know, I'm assuming that your level of winning is not that high, you know? So, okay. We, we haven't really discussed this Champions League group. It consists of the easiest, one would assume, the easiest team in pot one in Frankfurt. Um, had a really good season last year, but the easiest team, um, one would argue. Uh, Marseille and Sporting. It's the Champions League. Uh, this is a relatively okay group, one would argue, but we've been here before. And we had Monaco and they tore us a new one with the Mbappes, Bernardo Silvers, Fabinos, etc., etc. Is it fair to say that there are no easy groups? We've seen other teams struggle. I don't know if Chelsea won tonight. Liverpool have obviously lost. There's been a few other shocks, tight games. Are there no easy games anymore in the Champions League? When you're um, talking at sides from the top five leagues, I'm not talking about your McCarthy, Haifas, and, and the Ilks, if the, you're playing aside from Spain, Germany, Italy or France, in the Champions League, are there any easy games? Um, there's no easy games if you're not an adaptable team. There's no easy games if you're not playing at your top level. You know, we've got to be honest with ourselves. We haven't reached even a mid-level. We've beat teams on a counter. You know, when it comes off, it works really well for us. We haven't played a 90 minutes yet. You can't expect us to even make uh, a relatively even game an easy game. Do you get what I mean? Every game's going to be a hard game until we step into some sort of gear, you know? So for me, at this present moment in time, no, because we're not together. So there's no easy game. There's no easy game. So do you think the group is comfortable enough or easier I don't want to use the word easy do you think the group we should get out of this group 
We should. I expect us to. You know, OK, we, we had a blip in the road. At some point, there's got to be some kind of inquest. We can't go on blindly and say, right, we're going to keep the faith and just keep playing the way we're playing. Because there's, there's something clearly wrong, right? So, uh, you know, I expect us to address whatever's going on and sort it out. We need to grind out the results. So um, I expect us to get out of this group. Honestly, I think if we don't get out of this group, <clears throat> where do, how do you then justify that but by saying there's no easy games in the group? Well, we better make a, a good fist of it, you know? No, I don't, I don't think that would be justification. I, I, think, I think we're expected to get out of the group. I think we're expected to top the group. Um, even though Frankfurt were put one, I do think we were expected to top the group. I even think, even today, we've still got to play Sporting at home and they were beatable. Um, Frankfurt, I think, won last night. Marseille lost. So, as in Frankfurt beat Marseille. So, Marseille have no points. Um, we've still got to go there. Is it to the Velodrome, whatever it's called? We still got to play Frankfurt home and away, and Sporting at home. So, if you win your home games and you pick up a couple of points on the road, you stand a chance of topping your group. Yeah. Uh, Twelve points should get. I mean, ten points should get you out of your group, depending on what the others do. But ten points generally gets you out of the group. Twelve or more, you stand a chance of winning your group. Yeah. So we can still get fifteen. Now, maybe ambitious at this point, we can still get 15. But hey-ho, there's a game every week in the Champions League. We've got another one coming, I assume, next week. So we move. This weekend, however, our game actually goes ahead, which is a blessing because we don't want any more postponements. We've got to face City probably now at the back end of the season at the Etihad. When we're going for that title run and then we've got to go to City in a six-pointer with Haaland still scoring at a crazy ratio. Hopefully would have slowed down by then. Um, but on Saturday, 5.30 game, we face Leicester. And I'm going to ask you a question. And it's a question you've been asked before. And are you ready for it? Is it time to rest Son. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's time to rest, rotate, Son. Yes. And if it's time to rest, Son, would you take the opportunity then to change the formation or would you just replace him with Klazeski? I mean... I'm guessing that obviously um, Conte is a well-versed man, and he's you know he's trained the team in uh, many formations and systems of playing, and you know so it might be nice to look at a new formation, maybe give us some um, some different angles, something different to play for, you know, maybe a bit more pressing, you know, if we've got three in the middle of the park. Um, you know, a way to bed in Basuma as well, um, with those two, so he's not too lost. 
you know, maybe it might give him a chance to rest there and play the same formation, but put Kulu in, you know, and then bring Son on as a sub, impact sub. Um, I definitely want to see some new faces. Definitely, definitely want to see some new faces. I think uh, one of the right-backs deserve a start. So we're facing bottom of the table Leicester, so you're suggesting either Basuma in for Klazeski. Sorry, Basuma or Klazeski in for Son. Another change of formation. Um, a new right-back. You don't care which one. You just don't want Royale. Mm-hmm. Cobb is not here to defend him, so that's all good. Yeah, very uh, good for that. <laughs> And, and is that the extent of your changes and potentially is some a tactical shift? Yeah. You know why? You know, this is a typically, typical Spursy moment coming up. Leicester haven't won a game. They need to win a game. Bottom of the table. Bottom of the table. Brendan Rodgers is going to pull out tactical tricks, right? The game's not going to just be about playing straight football. It's going to be about nullifying our style. So I think if we come with a different formation, I'm not saying that they won't, uh, they wouldn't have uh, trained for, talked about us possibly playing a different formation, but I think he'll put everything into playing against the formation that we uh, normally play. So I think a tactical change would be pretty good, bring a bit of energy, to be honest with you. It can't be any worse than what we've been playing. Do you know what I mean? It's been disjointed anyway. So, yeah, I want a tactical change. So by the time we play Leicester <clears throat> on Saturday, at home, yeah. 5.30 kickoff, cameras on, depending on what City do against Wolves away from home, if they win, we have the opportunity to join them at the top of the table. They will be ahead on goal difference, but points-wise, record-wise, we had the opportunity to join them. So effectively, it could be top versus bottom. I think this is the game we need to take the ownership in. I think we need to be on the front foot. I don't think I know any of their defenders. I'm being blasé with it. I do know some of their defenders. But my point is they've lost Fofana. Right, they lost Maguire a couple of years ago. They replaced him with Sonoichu, but even he's not been playing well. I think he's back in the side, but defensively, they're not the strongest. They've lost Michael. They're a team that could be got out. Kane has often had success against them. Bergwijn even scored a brace against them within thirty seconds. Um, and that's no shade or slight on Bergwijn, but he wasn't the most prolific. So we really need to be going for the victory. I'm going to the game. I don't want to be bored out of my tree waiting <laughs> for us to nick a goal against the side of the bottom of the table. Personally, I, I think that's the wrong approach, and I think we do need to rotate. And I think, listen, I'm not saying Royale's been shocking. He hasn't been shocking. But if you can't rotate against the bottom of the table side after somebody's played the last nine games or whatever it is, then when will you rotate? Exactly that. And I mean, like going, so going with what you just said, it seems like we should be able to play our normal formation and actually just up the energy, up the tempo, 
and kind of, you know, find that form, you know, force that form and win that game, like, comfortably? Yeah, I think so. And I think I touched on earlier why I don't think Son was dropped in the fact that our tactics are reliant predominantly on ball into Kane, Kane to Son and that partnership just working because it often does. Richarlison has a very bad um, understanding of the offside rule. I think it's the easiest way to say it. And it's always been a problem for him. But there are times he's going to be onside, for sure. I think Klezeski was very, very, very unfortunate to be dropped or rested, if I'm honest. He was playing really well. And and it's not just this start of the season. He had money in the bank because... Since he's come to us, like he's not broken all records, but <clears throat> some of his stats look really good. So I think he was unfortunate. I get it, but I still think maybe he will relish the opportunity. And I think if he plays, he gets an assist and scores. Book it. I've said it here. He starts assisting a goal for Klazeski on Saturday. But I do think we need to freshen up the middle. Uh, I think Hoybe has done mostly okay. Uh, Bentacore has not always been as dominant as I would like. Um, but I think whether it's Skip, whether it's Basuma, whether it's Sar, I think one of those need to come in. I really do. Yeah, you're going to have to start playing these players in, right? You can't just wait for it to be in a report game and then say, oh, do you know what? Yeah, Skip come in and be at the top level. You're going to have to start playing him in. And a smart, a, for me, a smart manager will. You know, you take the opportunity. Like, if you're saying that you've got 11 solid players, you know, and the bench doesn't drop the level, then you need to bring them in. You know, at least two players in to kind of, you know, start them and get their ball rolling. Yeah, and I, and I really hope <clears throat> this is a wake-up call. Like, I'm not too mad at the result. Like, away from home defeat in the Champions League, when it's all said and done, if you end the group with 15 points and you crack on and you maintain your form in the league, no one's going to blink an eyelid. We will remember, you and I, but in general, no one's going to batter an eyelid. However, I do think if you've watched the side closely enough, if you've really not let the score lines paper over the cracks... I do think you would have seen what we've seen, which is not the most convincing victories result and really an underperformance. And I think if sides say, do you know what? Leave the right-hand side, let their right wing back bomb that forward. He's not going to cause us any problems, but we'll double up on Son, we'll suppress Son, we'll frustrate Son, which a lot of sides have been doing tactically and I'm not surprised he's going to be on the scouting report he's a damn good player and he was top scorer last season so you double up on him you get him frustrated he'll lose the ball like you say a bounce of his knee and his toe and his leg and we know then he won't score a goal like he did against Burnley because he's not on he needs to be on to be the effective son he is and what will probably help him is coming off the bench when sides are tired they haven't got the scouting report detailed for the son, the starter. He comes off the bench when they're a bit tired. The brain's not thinking as well as it normally would do. And son goes 
sprinting past you in one of those runs that he does, yeah, I think that will set him off. So I think it's it's good to have in the bank. And I would love to find out what's going on with Lucas. I know he's turned into a politician of late, but I think he's still injured. Yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, I think he is still injured. I just hope he isn't being marginalised because he was supposed to leave. I, I don't know. No, I, do you know what? I think they, they can't do that to him. Um, I think he's um, he's definitely one of those players that have given his all in training and on the pitch and he leaves it all out on the pitch, good or bad, you know. And I don't think it would be right or any other player or anyone at the club would actually accept that. I don't think that's acceptable. So, um, you know, I, I look at him as a fair man. So let's hope that when um, Lucas is back, um, Lucas comes in and gives us, you know, that other angle, I guess, because right now we're looking kind of flat again. You know, like we brought in players, but it's like, how much can we change it? And that's the scary thing, you know? You know so I think now would be a good time to kind of rate the summer window. You know, in my head, I know what I think, you know, I know what I thought and I know what I think now and it wouldn't be that high, you know? I mean, some of the things they've done was great, but... You know, you couldn't get... You're getting a low six. Do you know what I mean? A low C for you. Yeah, or a low six. A low C. Yeah. Yeah, if you're doing it... 10 being the highest, 1 to 10, I think 6 is fair. I think 6 is fair because 7 is... 7 is... 7 will suggest good. Um, Yeah, 7 and above is good. You're really content with that. Now, I would say I think we've brought in good players. I think Basuma strengthens us from where we were. I think Spence has the potential to be really good, maybe not used. I think Richarlison definitely strengthens us. Perisic was a good add as well. Forster should be an able backup, comfortable with him. But I think Longley's good, but he's not what we wanted in terms of the big money sign-in, ball-playing centre-back who's strong, can defend with a bit of pace, dominant in the air, like that all-round top defender that we thought we were going to purchase. We certainly lack in the midfield in terms of creativity. I know Conte probably doesn't really care for that, not not in his initial lineups, and yeah, I think we're one night up top, especially after letting Bergwijn go. Maybe that's because Lucas is injured, but we've got Brian there, and Brian's not going to see a minute of football. Um, and maybe you could argue this is Conte's fault while we're not seeing the best of the window, or maybe Conte will argue that they're not good enough and we needed more. And then they would be playing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you could blame Conte. I, I, in other than him not playing Spence, or you know, even giving him a goal, I, I think everything else his hands were tied, right? You know, Basuma. Yeah, Basuma as well. But you know, maybe I don't know. It's a hard one because with Basuma, you've got to kind of understand his character, which I don't know yet, and he may feel that holding him back, you know, continuing the training, 
bedding him in a bit more. Obviously, he was a bit ill, so he, he you know, he's a bit behind. May benefit him more, you know. And I think we've got to kind of allow for one of them to be a good managerial decision. But, um, you know, it's possible that he's the, the wrong decision and Spence is the right decision. We don't know. But I, I do feel that we've got to allow for him to to make a decision that we feel that it's going to be for the right managerial reasons. But, um, yeah, yeah, we need to sort it. it, it it's, do you know what? It gives me no joy at the end of the day. I thought missing the match was the worst thing. I think watching that match... <laughs> probably topped it do you get what I'm saying so um, we would have still been undefeated if we didn't play and Kwabna could have said smile we're still undefeated yeah, he could just change that to we're still undefeated in the premiership so you know it's, it's not the worst thing you know I, I just think the level the level you know to lose in that kind of manner for me in the last kind of dying minutes of the game yeah it's not good enough it's slightly worrying given the fact that everyone's beating this drum of mentality and managing games and um, and having pulled off a couple of well, last-minute equalisers showing our mental strength. But we certainly didn't show it in that game. And that, along with the performance, is concerning. We have the opportunity to bounce back. But just going back to your window um, question, I'd actually... Go. I was going to go back. I'm going to say it's a six still, but there are two things that I think we need to highlight. I think I was going to give us an extra point for the signing of Destiny Adogi. Yeah. However, I'm going to take back that point because we didn't actually shift any of our deadwood, apart from Bergwijn, who I wouldn't necessarily class as deadwood, me personally. Definitely wasn't Deadwood. Definitely. Um, we've got seven players out on loan now. We couldn't sell anybody. Um, obviously, Parrot and Scarlet, they've gone out on loan to get experience. But certainly, Rodon, Fink, probably would have tried to sell him. Dombele, Lo Celso, your mate Winks, and Region, <laughs> I think, are certainly guys they want rid of but couldn't sell. So, I think, Kobner mentioned this, we're going to do a quick loan watch to see whether we're going to get any money for these players or whether we're just going to get their wages off our books for the next few seasons. I think, we'll start, yeah. with, we'll start with the youngsters though. Parrot, Parrot, it's perplexing. Parrot played well for MK Dons last year without being playing well from a position of wide forward, scored some good goals, wasn't prolific, but played well in a side that challenged and I think uh, were in the playoffs. Were in the playoffs, but didn't really stand out. Now with Preston, I think he scored one league goal in about nine. Uh not pulling up any trees. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Dane Scarlett, on the other hand, started slow. Uh, has got now got, I think it's three goals in seven league games, maybe eight and one assist. And actually scored two goals in one game a couple of weeks ago, which were the winners. 
good finishes. I thought his first goal for them was a bit fortunate in terms of, I think he overran it, but managed to adjust and score. But those two look really good. So I think potentially he scores a few goals there. We call him back in January and then we put him in the championship. Or we just let him have a full season in League One. Because Portsmouth, I think, are third. So that would that'd be good for him to be in a side that is actually playing for something meaningful. And I don't mean to be disparaging to any teams that can't compete at the tight, top end or are in relegation battles. Rodon is a perplexing one. I don't know why we loaned him to Rennes. It seems like that's the only team that wanted him, which surprises me. He, I think he played every match still. Um, got booked the other day, but didn't get sent off. And and Renz, I think, are up to six in Liga. And he's not, again, pulling up any trees, but he's not doing much wrong, I don't think, there. Didn't he score as well? I don't think he scored yet, unless I missed that. Did he score in the last game? I think he has. I think he scored in the last game. I think he scored a header. Did he? So were they one... Was a game that took them up to six. I'm sure he scored a header. Well, you look it up while I continue, because we're going to go on to our favourite now. Tongi Dombele had absolutely done nothing for Napoli. Washing from afar, it was reminiscent reminiscent of his time at Spurs. Great, talented player. I'm going to play him. No, I'm going to yank him at half-time. Then next game, I don't play him. I put him on the bench and he comes on with one minute to go. Next game, I start him because he ripped asses in training. I yank him at half-time. And repeat. And pretty much that's what I've seen from Tongi. However, tonight... He came on and he scored. I haven't seen the goal, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, they won 3-0 against Rangers. Rangers got a man sent off and they missed a pen, but Dombele came off the bench and scored, so at least he's got a stat other than appearances. Uh Lo uh, another one that um, divides opinion. He actually has played well, tends to play well for Villarreal. The system suits him. Spain suits him. And I'm hopeful that we get a return of some sort on the Celso if he keeps on doing well in Spain. He scored the other day and was man of the match. Um, the last game they lost, though, I think that was on the back of um, European football, and I don't know if they were tired, but he did play in that game but didn't do anything of note. Did you find that stat? Did Rodon score? Yeah, it wasn't in the last game, though. It was against Brest when they won 3-1. Oh, he did score in the Brest game. That's... Yeah, the first first goal, 53 minutes. Okay, so I take that back, Rodon. I did look at that game, but yeah, okay, Rodon scored. I missed that. So well done, Rodon. You got a stat as well. Whereas Regulon, on the other hand, no, actually, Winks. Winks is a weird one because... Winks hasn't even made a match day squad for Sampdoria. And that's because he's injured. He got injured in training. And I, I thought you'd like to hear that one because you're shaking your head and tightening away there. 
Just drop me out, bro. I we're not. You know what? Winks is not on the watch. He's not on the watch. <laughs> no, he we're has to be about, on the watch. He can't. We're talking about football. We're talking about footballers. We're not going to get no money for him. So let's not talk about him. He's not on the watch. I banned him. <laughs> can we talk about Regulon? Yeah, yeah, Regs. We can talk about Regs, but Winks is not in this. Well, Regs hasn't made an appearance, and I don't know how he's going to make an appearance because Carrasco plays left wing back for Aleti. Um, they've got somebody else who plays left wing back for them as well. So I, I really don't know why he's gone there because Carrasco scored the other day and Carrasco's more attack-minded than Regulon, obviously having been a winger. So he knows where the back of the net is. He knows what to do in the final third, whereas Regulon doesn't really, and that was one of the problems under Conte. Yeah. Um, one of the problems, because Royal doesn't know what to do going forward and he still plays. So, yeah, it's a strange one there. But let's talk about Adogi. Uh was in the side and scored when they beat Roma 4-0. I think they currently sit fourth in Syria, Udinese. Uh, he scored four goals this season. Um, sorry, not four goals this season, two goals this season and got some assists. And I think his record since mid last year is quite impressive in terms of goals and assists from left wing back. Looks powerful. He looks good. The one footnote, though, is he's got a few yellow cards. So it may be something to note, especially as he comes to the Premier League, if he comes to the Premier League next season. Okay. And I yeah. think... Not worried about it. Not worried about that. You know, we know we could change that. But the man, the man I feel sorry for is Sessegnon because Perisic has come in. Champions League winner, Serial winner. Comes in and says, I'm going to play this season... You're going to learn from me. He doesn't say that. That's what the management say. He's coming in. You're going to learn from him. Oh, by the way, next year, we're going to bring in somebody we thought you were going to be. And you probably won't start. Listen, and that's what competition's about, you know, and I expect him to take up the mantle. And, you know, it's down to him. We can't... I'm not cuddling these players anymore. I'm not... Um, you know, I'm winning them to do well, but if you're not going to do well... It's time to fly, you know, and, and, you know, you sit on the bench, you become a backup. We just need to have that mentality. And I'm not saying be bad to players or disrespectful to players, but this is, not, this is no longer a charity. I don't want people to come to Spurs for good wages, a nice stadium, and good fans. Like, you know, I want to win something. Like, I honestly, honestly want to win something. And it's been far too long, and I think we're getting far too comfortable and used to this scenario and it's not for me if you're not a decent baller we'll take you off the loan watch we will highlight you in uh, non-contested headers with people <laughs> that are smaller than you we will you will be brought up on the pod that's it name and shame name and shame yeah we're gonna name some new cities this week i've seen i say this week over the last couple of weeks um we're going to shout to Izmir in Turkey. Shout to you guys. Thanks for joining. Keep listening. Uh, I see, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to go for it. I think it's Falco Ping. A couple dots over the O, though. I don't know how to pronounce that. So I'm going to say Falco Ping. Feel free to correct me. I'm showing my ignorance, so apologies. I see Montego Bay. I'm not sure if we've had them before, but shout to the guys in Mo Bay. Uh, Mo Bay. 
And yeah, I think that's it from this week. Um, it's been episode 114. Um, what does Carbon say at this point, moment in time? Like, subscribe, follow, all of that good stuff. Five-star review because we only give you five-star content. Follow us at ShelfPod. Share and give the gift. Yeah, share the gift. Um, yeah, that's about it, I think, from us this week. Um, obviously, Carbon missing in action. He's been here constant for a while, so I'm not going to dig him out too much. So I think it's only left for me to say... Actually, you say it. You say it to yourself. A.B., run the outro. <laughs> <laughs>